an airplane flies low over the northern tundra, and a lone snowmobile moves quickly toward a small village whose wooden buildings are not billowing wood smoke from their chimneys because they are heated by electricity, and wood can be very scarce in this region. The snowmobile comes to a stop in front of the largest building in the village. A human figure dressed in a traditional hooded parka steps off the machine and walks inside. Grand Chief Soaring Eagle takes off his outer clothing and hangs them on one of the many wall hooks. He then makes his way to a large door and opens it. Inside the room is a massive, intricately hand-carved rectangular table adorned with carvings usually reserved for soapstone art. Around it, a large gathering of men are seated. Some of them are dressed in traditional Aboriginal clothing, while a few look like corporate executives from the big city in their expensive suits. When the Grand Chief made his entrance, a hush fell over the room. Good. I see that we are all here. I officially call this gathering of the family elders to come to order. The Grand Chief said with a wave of his hand before taking his place at the head of the table. All of you know the reason we are here today. A Hydro-Quebec helicopter was shot down two days ago on our territory. In the strictest of confidence, I ask you, does anybody know what happened and why? The men all looked around the room and at each other. There was a general shrug of the shoulders and then all faces turned back to focus on the chief. All of you know that what is said in this room stays in this room. Don George, one of the men dressed in a fine three-piece suit, was the first to speak. Before you arrived, we had a chance to discuss this matter amongst ourselves. None of us know anything about the wise or the hows of this tragedy. But one thing we are all very aware of is that as far as the media is concerned, the Inuit people as a nation are deemed guilty until proven innocent. The rest of the men around the table bang their hands on the top of it as a sign of agreement. The chief raised his hand and silence once more filled the room. Then it will be up to us once again to bear the burden of proof in the eyes of the white man. There was a universal grumbling sound reverberating in the room. Enough! We are innocent of this horrific crime, and, if we have to, we will find the people responsible and bring them to justice. The chief said, slapping his hand onto the tabletop. His weather-worn face wore a dead, serious expression, and everyone in the room knew that he meant business. He was a good leader, and a man that was respected by all who had met him. He was a kind and fair man in every way a man could be, 
but he was also a man not to be crossed or snowballed. He was educated in the ways of the white man, and understood their thinking but not their values. He fully realized the monetary benefits that Project Hope would bring to his people, like direly needed money for schools and hospitals. He believed that they could all coexist together and if not live in perfect harmony, at least not step on each other's toes at every turn. He was a man of peace, but he also came from a long line of warriors.